She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 90 with Erica Gellerman. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. This podcast episode is sponsored by Design Crowd. Design Crowd is a website that helps startups and small businesses from dentists to accountants to photographers and DJs outsource or crowdsource custom graphic logo and web design from designers around the world. Design Crowd has over 500,000 designers from Sydney to San Francisco ready to help you with awesome creative ideas. Get the perfect custom design every time. Check out designcrowd.com backslash herway. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D.com backslash herway to learn more and receive a She Did Her Way VIP offer when you start your next project. Or be sure to enter herway in for the promo code to receive $100 off your next design project. Hey, She Did Her Way listeners. This is your host, Amanda Bolin, and welcome back to another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. I'm so excited about this week's guest, but before we get into it, I wanted to share some news with you guys. One of the things that we are doing this week only is She Did It Her Way is partnering with One Woman Shop to help them promote their solopreneur success bundle, which is your one-stop shop for some of the best resources out there that will unlock your potential as a solo business owner and lead you to greater success. So if you're thinking about going out on your own or you already are out on your own, this is a resource that you definitely want to take advantage of. It has everything from launching a product to creating passive income, pricing your products and services to running Facebook ads, analytics, managing your finances, anything and everything that you could think of. And this bundle brings you over 20 amazing products that are valued at six over $1,600. But for your investment, they're only asking for $99. And the cool thing is, is that for every solopreneur success bundle that is purchased, they will be investing $10 for of every sale into Kiva, which specifically supports women-run projects and businesses around the world. And here is the, the biggest catch. And the one thing that I want to share, it's only on sale for this week, September 12th to September 6th just this week only, no any other time frame outside of that. So definitely make sure you guys head on over to she did it her way podcast.com. We have it in the show. We'll have it in the show notes. And also if you're on their email list, you'll get links to purchase as well through that. So make sure you head on over and check that out. Also, while you're on the she did it her way podcast.com website, I've made some updates from photos but and content and built it out. So I have listed the top 10 downloaded podcasts up to date, and I'll be updating those every quarter. Um, I have the top 10 books that are recommended not only by your guests, but want some of the books that I've read. And there's the one thing that I'm super excited about is the new events tab under resources. And I the goal is, and what, what's going to happen is we're going to get more socially engaged, whether it's online or in person. So stay tuned and make sure you guys are checking out that calendar. Okay. N- uh, second to last... Um, 
thing that I have for you guys is a few weeks ago, I did an interview, a panel interview with some of my friends, and it is also recorded. It was recorded on video, and I have that video. I've been having trouble uploading it, but I will have that out this week, so make sure you guys check that out. It's going to be on YouTube. Stay up to date through social media and whatnot. We'll get that out so you guys can actually watch it, even if you haven't listened to it yet, or if you have and you want to go back, it'll be up on YouTube. And the last thing is, is the audio for this file. Um, I just moved into a new place, and I was still testing out the sound. And so there is some humming in the background, which I figured out what was causing it and taking care of it for future episodes. So just please be patient and know that that that's coming up. Okay. So for today's guest, this week's guest, Erica, I, it was such a treat to sit down with her and it was really cool because she actually, she lives in London and she used to live in the States and then moved to London because her husband got a new job and she really found herself in this position of when she left the States, she was working in corporate America, had marketing. And when she went over to England, she still worked for in, in corporate for a really large organization that most of you guys know. And she shares her story about how it just got so bad that she wanted out and she had to quit, but she didn't really know exactly what she was going to do. And then now she's finding her way of exactly what it is that she's offering. And one of her very first clients who I have an absolute girl crush on, um, which you guys will learn about in the uh, interview. And she her, one of her very first clients, um, she just tells a story about how she just went for it and asked this person because I think a lot of us, including myself, may have shied away and been like, oh, that will never happen. But Miss Erica was like, no, this is what I want. I'm going to go for it. So definitely sit back, just grab your cup of tea, your cup of coffee, and listen to the story from Miss Erica Gellerman. You guys are listening to the She Did It Her Way podcast, and I'm excited to have the lovely Miss Erica Gellerman, who is on Skype all the way from London on the other side of the pond. So thank you for joining us, Erica. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super jazzed. Like there, I I'm always fascinated. Like I told you in the email, I was like, "Oh, that's so cool. You live in London. Like, how is it? Are you sick of it yet? Are you just infatuated with it?" And no, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Awesome. I love it. Well, okay. Why don't you tell us what it is that you do and then we'll talk about your journey and how you got to doing what you're doing and that whole spiel. Sure. Yeah. So I'm um, a consultant for small business owners and I help female small business owners primarily um, scale their business so they can make more money and have more time. So I'm really focused on the kind of profitability and financial empowerment of women. And one way that kind of manifests, manifests itself is through, um, small business owners. So that's, that's where I work. Okay. I, so on point now, tell us how you got here and to what you're doing. Tell us that journey. Yeah, it's been a really, it's been a long journey actually. And and the I, whole thing. <laughs> yeah, so I love the Steve Jobs quote, you can you can't connect the dots looking forwards, you can only connect them looking backward. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's been my I, I that's what keeps me sane is thinking about that because otherwise it would look a little crazy. So, um I you know, came out of undergrad, took the first place that would hire me. Um really, and I started working up in San Francisco. I'm from California. Started working in San Francisco as a bank auditor during the financial crisis oh um, back in, <laughs> you know, 2008. That was awesome. Um, and I worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers, which was a fantastic place to work. And I got my CPA. 
um, and spent four awesome years there. But I just realized I was climbing the wrong corporate ladder. So I went back to business school at Duke and got my MBA in strategy because I wanted to kind of try something different and move into something that felt a little bit more creative. But now that I work with creatives, I feel silly saying that getting my MBA was me being more creative. (laughs) To me, it was. Um, And so I had a great experience and left there and moved into brand management. So I went from finance then to brand management and worked in marketing for Procter & Gamble and was really like a little mini CEO of a hair care brand, which was such a cool experience because you were involved in everything from, you know, creating the product and the packaging and the pricing to the marketing communications to working with legal. And so it was like your my first taste of entrepreneurship and like That's what it so feel cool. like. Yeah, it was great. And I was still I still had a stable paycheck. So it was like really easy to kind of test out and see that I liked it. Double bonus. It was great. Yeah. Um, and then I was it really, really enjoying my career. I was there for two years and my husband um, actually was transferred to London, which took us over here. And so I made the hard decision, actually, to leave my job. And it, it was it's sounds like a no-brainer like oh I'd love to you know move to Europe and have so much fun but it was a really hard decision for me to kind of feel like I was giving up on my career and taking a step back and I was still a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt at that moment um, which is um, overwhelming but I made the decision to relocate with him to London um, and kind of refocus on what I wanted to do so you didn't actually make the decision to, well, I mean, you made the decision to go over to London and support and like make that decision to go over there. But you, so that kind of like forced you to figure out how do you get this business going or did you take a full-time gig when you were, when you first got to London? I took a full-time gig, but well, I came over here initially because I was like, I, I had always known I wanted to work for myself, run my own company. And working at P&G gave me that taste and I knew I wanted to go full in. But then I landed in London and all of a sudden I was really unsure of my decision and I wasn't confident anymore at all. I thought I would never be able to get another job again. Um, I had all of these loans that I was like desperate to pay off and so I wasn't in the right like headspace to actually start a business. And I started applying to jobs just to see if I could get something and getting rejected for just the most, the craziest things I was being rejected for um, and not being interviewed. And I think it was hard being an expat. And so that kind of wound me up even more. Mm-hmm. And then I, I found a job that I knew was awful for me. But for some reason, I had taken myself to such a desperate place that I took it anyways. Can and you I was share like, what it is? Yeah. And so, you have to say the company's name. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I, I decided to, well, I'll just say it. I wrote an article about right? it. I, I was going to say that. I was like, actually, wait, anyone could go read that article. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not shy about saying that I, I worked for Amazon and it was just not a fit for me. I, you know, it's great for some people. It was like soul crushing for me. It just wasn't where I should have been. It wasn't with the people I should have been with. It wasn't the culture that I needed to be in. And I lasted all of seven months before I just totally had a 
breakdown. And I mean, like, a breakdown of, like, epic proportions. Like, like. Share it like, all. Because <laughs> then I'm like, I bet you I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, me too. I've been there. I'm with you, sister. <laughs> okay. So the situation was I had come out of an awful meeting where I had, you know, been yelled at and I had already given my notice. This is what's crazy is I knew that I didn't want to work there. I had given my notice, but in London you have to work, you have to give three months notice. What? Yeah. Wow. I feel like in America they like want you to give two weeks and most times companies are like, oh, you're leaving. We'll pack your bags. Give us our laptop back. See you next. Right? Yeah. I mean, I was really hoping that would happen, but they were like, you have to work every day of your last three months and we would prefer it to be four. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to, I like literally didn't know what to do. And so I, I had, I've always, I've never been an extremely emotional person. So I think I like suppressed a lot of like the stress that was going on and like what a bad fit it was for me. And it, it just, it would get to the point where I would be going into the office every day on the bus and as soon as I got close I would start crying and oh I've my gosh. had that happen before it was really really unnerving and my husband was like who are you like <laughs> what happened to you where's my Erica at yeah and so it just got to the point it there was a really bad meeting um I and I came out of I was sitting at my desk and all of a sudden I was like I can't breathe I'm having trouble breathing and uh, one of my coworkers who I love and she's wonderful. She walked me downstairs, hailed me a cab, like sent me off to the hospital oh <laughs> to get gosh. this figured out. And as I was in the cab, I just was sitting there and I was like, this is not worth it. So I emailed HR and I was like, by the way, coming back, never. <laughs> and, um, I'll send you my, I'll send you the computer and the badge, but I'm never walking back there again. Oh my so, gosh. It was, it was like so dramatic and it, it was like, it was such a good thing for me to go through though, because it solidified that like, I took the, I took the job because I was stressed out about money and because I had like some ego about going and getting another important, like, you know, what I perceived to be an important job. Totally. And that was not what I needed to do. And that was not what I wanted to do. And it was completely out of whack with who I want to be and how I want to live my life. And so I'm really, I'm so happy it happened. But uh, yeah, it was definitely, it was a kick in the pants. That's for sure. (laughs) And I appreciate you sharing that because I talk to a lot of people and I mean, including myself when I like personally meet other people and it's, you tell them what you do and either their eyes glaze over or it's hard for people to be interested because they can't really relate. And it's not anything against them as an individual, but like, when you have maybe a corporate position or job and you can say you're a lawyer or a CPA or I work at this large name company, people can easily get engaged because they can relate to it. Where if you're, and, and that, like, I don't know about you, but I know for me, like sometimes it's, it's just nice when people recognize it. But then when you tell them like, now you're in a creative space and you do what you do, they're like, huh? Like, what? Yes, I exactly. And you have to hold your own through it and be like, I know I'm an important person, but that's yeah. okay you don't see it. Yeah. And I think if I hadn't had this experience and it just hadn't become so clear to me that like I needed to do something different and use my skills in a very different way. Like if I hadn't had that experience, I wouldn't be so confident in, you know, talking to my business school friends 
and not even friends, but, you know, acquaintances, you know, maybe that I talk to once every two years and being like, hey, guess what? This is what I do now. And it's online and it seems totally weird to you. But trust me, it works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How long ago then was it when you left Amazon? A year. Oh, my. Okay. So a year ago, you left Amazon and then you started this business that you're going to get into telling us and you like wiped out all your debt while you're doing it. I did. Yeah. So it's been awesome. And I think I've just been like so head down and focused. So what, so I left Amazon. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? I am still in debt. You know, Mm -hmm. I probably worked off about maybe half of it by then, but I still had a long way to go. Um, and I, um, yeah, I just, I had no plan B because I had quit and I thought I had three months to figure it out, but (laughs) I walked out. Um, and so I decided to, I reached out to the every girl, um, and they were nice enough to like, let me start writing for them. And so that was like my first taste of like, okay, maybe I can, maybe I could share something that I know because I didn't know I was going to start a consulting business. This was it. I didn't know what I was going to do, really. I had not, like no ideas. I thought I was going to start like a video series on how to make beds because I'm really good at making the bed. I, you know, I just like I had like all these crazy wackadoodle ideas. But actually, I still think the bed making one could be good. But oh my God, <laughs> I love it. Um, and so they let me start writing for them. And I got I became really confident in my ability to kind of share all of these, all of this knowledge that I had from working in finance, working in marketing, having my CPA and having my MBA, but applying it in a really different way. And so I then started writing for some, you know, different places too, like Design Sponge, and people started to email me and ask me questions. Mm. And so I started thinking, like, oh, you know, maybe I could apply this to these small business owner, somebody who has started a business, but has reached a point where they don't know how to take it any further. Because what questions were they asking you at the time when they were reaching out? Um, So I'm not making enough money, but I'm working so much. Like I have a lot of clients, but I I don't have a lot of money. What's Mm -hmm. like, how can you help me figure out, is it it my pricing? Is it, do I need to rebrand? Do I need to offer different services? And so they were asking questions like that, that were very, I don't have enough time and I don't have enough money focused. Mm -hmm but I have a business and should I hire someone and who should I hire? And it was all these questions that coming from a, the corporate side of things or like having the background that I had, it was easy for me to come in objectively. They're like, Oh, well, you know, there are some small tweaks we can make that are going to make your business run a lot more effectively and efficiently and help you make the money that you want to make, but also the impact that you want to make as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I started getting these questions and then I guess in December of last year, I was watching um, The Ladies of London. Yes, <laughs> massive Rob- fan. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of reality shows, but that is one of them. And I'm so glad you like put my mind at ease when I asked you that question. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's public knowledge, but I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I think she's been Instagramming the filming. So oh, I think- okay, great. Good. Yes. It's, yeah. it's coming back for another season. And I was so excited because I got scared. I thought they were going to cancel it or something. I'm like, where is Ladies of London? That is my jam. 
I know, I know. And I was I was actually a little late to the show. So I was watching it like after the whole season had aired, but I was really into I like binge watched it very oh, yeah. <laughs> And there was this woman on there, Julie Montague, and she was trying to start her jub balls business. Which I love I I laugh every time <laughs> she I remember like the one scene she's like riding her bike around and like dropping her balls off I'm like oh my gosh she really she legitimately rides her bike everywhere in the rain oh my gosh I know she's she's awesome she's I mean she I look up to her so much actually as a woman who has kids and has a business and bikes around London in the crazy rain yeah I think she's awesome but so I was watching the tv show and she said um you know I just don't feel comfortable with the business side of things. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh, but I do. Mm. (laughs) That was the first moment when I was like, I think I could add some value to people out there, aside from just answering questions from articles as they come in. Um, I think I could add some real value. So I reached out to her. Um, I didn't even have a website. I just shared my LinkedIn profile, which now sounds kind of silly. Um, but I shared my LinkedIn profile. I, sh- you know, shared that I thought I could help her. Um, and she agreed to meet with me for a juice. And so we met for a juice and I had just come really prepared with all of these ideas and kind of had approached it like a consulting project. Um, and I was pitching her without really meaning to pitch her as we were having juice I just wanted to like share ideas and she was like great done like when can we start I was like oh I guess my business is starting today okay oh my gosh that is so awesome yeah it's been so fun so I've been working with her for the last six months and it seven months seven months and it's been is she it's been such a great great experience and then of course I've had some non-reality tv show clients <laughs> come in afterwards but it she was really I will always be very fond of her and the project that we're working on together because it was my first like oh I can do this I can actually start this business and yeah and so how do people um I'm assuming you're getting clients all over the world because you can do via internet laptops yeah all that jazz yeah. Um, how do you price your business structure structure model? Like, do you work with six months, uh, three months, or like, what does that look like? So it's all custom, actually. So um, I price it based on the length. I I price per project, basically. So we set you know measurable goals for the end of the project. So I don't generally work off like a monthly contract or a per session contract because I like to see what your goals are, like establish what that like end result looks like and then work backwards from there. And then I'll like, you know, let's see, I'll generally come up with a rate depending on, you know, how long I think it's going to take me to help you with the project. So it's kind of a blend between consulting and coaching. Um, I call it collaborative consulting because we meet, you know, on regular, like every other week like regular, um, like a coaching client would, but we're working on like against a project timeline, like a consultant would. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, that's very fascinating and very cre- creative to be able to do that way. So you've been able to leave once you left Amazon and then now start this business that you said you launched was it last December. Yeah. Yeah. And then be able to like crush your student loan debt in the, in the midst of it. Yes. Yeah. Which has felt so, so, so good. <laughs> oh, I'm, that is amazing. It's the biggest weight that's been lifted off my chest. And you know what's funny is I, I just told my husband cause he was like, how much is left on your loan? I was like, I'm done. And he <laughs> was like, wait, I'm sorry, you're done. And it, it, I haven't even been thinking about it for the last four months. I've just been so focused on doing my work that I haven't really even gone shopping. I've just had excess money that I've been just putting towards it and not thinking of it. And now it's gone. (laughs) It feels amazing. And so when you were, I mean, you're just so focused on, on your business that your energy was going into the business and you weren't even aware of like this pain, these, this debt that you had. And I think that's a great lesson because sometimes where your where your focus goes, your energy flows and results show. And yeah, sometimes too, like one of my mentors always says that what you persist will resist and what you resist will persist. And how, if you're constantly thinking about one thing and you're persisting it, it will resist you. But like you're the, so like someone who's really focused on trying to like get rid of student loans while you're persisting it. And so maybe that's resisting it, but um, yeah. that's fantastic. Okay. So then how, um, what are some key lessons that you felt you learned in corporate America that carried over with you? Yeah. So I feel like I, so I was in corporate America for like, oh my gosh, if you count business school, 10 years, um, which is a really long time. (laughs) Like, I feel like I learned so much and so much of what I do carries over into this business that I'm creating. Um, but I would say the biggest thing that I got from corporate America was confidence, which I didn't realize it at first, but I have no issues. And I was actually just talking to my husband about this right before we hopped in here. I, and he's, he was telling me, he's like, it's just crazy. You have no issues going up to anyone and talking to anyone and then asking for what you want. And I was like, yeah, but I think it comes from my very first job out of college when I was at PwC. And I was like 21, 22, and having to talk to CFOs of all of these banks and having to, you know, go in and tell them that something was wrong or ask them questions or try and get something from them. And I got that confidence to go in there as a you know, little 21 year old, you know, fresh college grad and go talk to like the CFO of a hedge fund and say, there's a problem with your financial statements, you know, and sit there and walk him through the problem. And I, I didn't realize what an impact that would have on me. Um, but I, I think that's the biggest thing I got from corporate America was that confidence and communication, um, just to go out there and talk to whoever and ask for what you want and be really firm um, with with what you're doing. And so that was some that was a really really big thing that I got from corporate America. I mean, you asked a reality person, <laughs> yeah. like, can we sit down and talk about your business, please? Yeah, yeah, I know, and. 
to me, it feels normal because I'm like, oh, I, you, they're human. I'm a human. Like, I should just go connect with them and see if I can, you know, chat with her and meet her. Um, and I think that's just been some, yeah, I think it's all from my corporate experience. I also, I, um, people have been asking me, I just recently started writing as a contributor for Forbes and I get so many people asking me, you know, how did you, how did you do that? How did you get that gig? I'm like, oh, I just found the SVP's email address and emailed her a few times. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, noted. Take a note right now. That's and right. I, I, it's all from, I really think it all goes back to my first job out of college was that was just how you had to do things was you had to, you know, <laughs> strap on your big girl pants and then just go ask for things and have that confidence in the delivery. And so, yeah, that was the biggest, definitely the biggest thing I got from corporate America. Totally. Definitely yeah. nothing, nothing to lose. So what is like a, a typical day for you? Um, and I know every day is probably different, but like any sort of routines or like certain things that you do that help, yeah. you, help keep you focused. So you're not always constantly having maybe a squirrel moment. <laughs> I have so many of those. Um, but yes, no, I definitely, I really, really, really work to try and stay focused. And I think one of the, all right, so I do have routines. So Please share. I, yeah, I am definitely a, a creature of habit. And I wish I was like that spontaneous personality type. Um, but I'm not. So I'm very much a planner. So I get up every morning at 515. Mm -hmm. Um, which is early, but I really love mornings, especially in London and just being in a city because I love being up before the city wakes up. Um, and I just rescued a, the cutest, cutest, cutest little dog. So, oh my God, she's the best. And I've had her for a month and I'm obsessed with her. Mm. It's the problem. <laughs> what neighborhood in London do you live in again? I'm in Chelsea. Okay, fun. Yeah, it's really fun. And so, yeah, so I get up at 5.15. I say hi to my little pup. Um, and then I have a green smoothie. And I head out and she and I walk up to Hyde Park, you know, pretty much every morning and go on like an, as long as it's not pouring rain, oh um, and go on like an hour to an hour and 15 minute walk around Hyde Park. Um, and that's, you know, my morning routine. If I don't do that, I know that something is off with me. Um, and I'm just not as productive. I'm not as creative. I'm not, things don't flow as easily if I haven't, you know, gotten up, had my smoothie, gone on my walk. It's, it sounds like I'm going to come visit you. Okay. (laughs) Please do. You're welcome. Anytime we have a guest. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, and, and, you know, you know Chelsea's a fun neighborhood. I like it here. Oh yeah, it was it's a fun, it was a fun. I've been there once, and it was yeah, it's quite a quaint neighborhood. I had no clue until like I've never even heard of it. And then my one friend had a friend who lived in Chelsea, and when we like showed up, we got off the train and we like got to the neighborhood. I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a beautiful neighborhood. It's really, I really, really like it. And I like that. I like the location because it's in the city, but it's still kind of, it's neighborhoody, you know, yeah. it's very residential. It's very, yeah, it's very, it's interesting. It's also, it's a fun place to people watch. Yeah. Well, <gasps> oh! Definitely, oh yeah. Have you seen, 
the print or the yeah. Uh, I've seen Pippa. <laughs> I, I I went up and talked to Pippa because apparently I have no issues going up and talking to people. Like I said, yeah, I talked to Pippa. She was lovely. Um, I was kind of hoping she would want to be my best friend and then introduce me to Kate, but no, that didn't happen. But Hugh Grant lives like like a couple blocks from me. Stop. So yeah. So after I walk through Hyde Park, I always pick up a latte and then somehow manage to stroll past his house oh. on my way back to my um, flat. So such a dream. Yeah, he he's not so approachable though. Um, <laughs> every You're time like, I see him, yeah, every time I see him, he's crossed the street <laughs> to like not walk past me on the sidewalk. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is a riot. So then you have your morning routine or is there anything else that like you recommend or that you even notice for yourself or your clients to help boost creativity? Yeah. Yeah. So there are a few things that, um, I really recommend for myself, not being a creative person. It's really, really important for me to like embrace the creativity. And a lot of my clients are creative. And are in that creative space, like, a, you know, designers or stylists. But when they start working on the business side of things, it, like, kind of almost will stifle that creativity. Mm. So on both spectrums, there are a few things I really, really recommend. So the first one is to give yourself that space. So I give myself the creative space by going on a walk every morning. But it doesn't look that same way to everyone. Um, so I know one of my clients really loves to cook a really nice big lunch. Um, and it's just her thing. And she likes to spend like an hour and a half cooking like this gourmet lunch every day. Oh my but gosh. it's, I know I was like, can you come over and yeah. do that for me? But you know, she works from home and that's her creative. She is creative but it's also her creative outlet to do something away from her business to get those juices flowing. So um, that's something I always recommend is just giving yourself that space. Like at Google, they used to give everybody 20% time mm. so that you would spend 20% of your week not working on something related to your job because that's where you'll start getting the inspiration and all of the new ideas and start start seeing what's possible instead of getting stuck in what you are having to do. So I think that's the most important thing is giving yourself that space. Even if you feel busy, if you feel really busy, that's when you should be giving yourself that space because you're, you're going to be so much more productive if you give yourself the space to like create, to walk, to think, to just breathe. Um, you're going to be able to go back and do what you need to do so much better and more inspired and efficiently. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that like, that's something that I personally struggle with is that I, it, I used to meditate all the time, every single day. And I still do. It's not as much of a routine, but it's, I think I've like lacked on it because I allowed it to become a checkbox as like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that. Like check, check, check. And I wasn't really embracing the actual being and doing of the meditation. And yeah. it's also that um, sense of anxiety when, okay, you like for, I'm just imagining myself like getting up, 
grabbing the puppy, getting a juice and going for a walk where like I could easily see my mind being like, oh my gosh, I have so many emails I get to like, what am I doing? Like taking the yes. out. So like, yeah. how do you coach your clients through saying like, it is okay. Like you need this, you deserve this. You have to invest in yourself. Like what does that process look like? Um, it actually, one of the most powerful things that I think switches a lot of their mindsets um, about doing this is I have them track their time um, daily. So before they do this, so before we start working together, I always have people track their time for the week leading up because I like to know how they're spending their days. Um, And then this is one of the first things that I have them do is carve out that that creative space, that time to like really just explore. And I, it's uncomfortable and I make them put it into their days. But what it forces them to do when they're tracking their time is they can then see that they've usually what happens is they have not worked any more hours in their day, but they've still gotten the same amount of things done. So they're taking space. Mm -hmm. They're taking that space in their work day. So they're either, you know, painting or they're going for a walk or some of them meditate or, you know, cook their big lunch or whatever they're doing sometime in their workday. They're taking that hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever it looks like for them. And they're still getting the same amount of work done, if not more. And they, and I think you can't, I'm very, I, I happen, I think this is something from my corporate background or maybe it's just my personality, but I'm, really um into like facts and results and i feel like when you track your time and you can actually see it black and white you like you can't argue with that and all of a sudden it's an eye-opener for people and they're like oh my god i actually got more done because it was so much easier for me to write the blog post because before i would sit there and stare at the screen you know and once you give yourself that time that creativity can kind of just flow out and you're not feeling so spent anymore. You know, it's not a struggle anymore. Is there like a, an app or some sort of online tool? There is. Yeah. I um, I think it's called Toggle. Let me yes. Just okay. Yeah. I've heard of Do it. Do you use that? Uh, you know, okay. I used to use it, but I just got out of the habit of using it. But I'm thinking like this is a really great exercise for the listeners to just test out like one week don't give yourself any extra time and then the week after carve out and say like did you notice a difference but to your point you're absolutely right like when you track things and it's black and white and it's numbers like you can just observe your habits and behaviors a lot better yeah with with that like concrete information and then you can make whatever you know decisions you want to make off of that you know information but you're going into it like yeah, with a really eyes wide open perspective of like, oh my God, that's really what I did. Or like, oh my God, it did I did spend seven hours writing emails on Monday. What did I do? Right. <laughs> you know? And and asking yourself, because I mean I get in that trap where like people are like, How's your day? And I go, Oh, it's so busy and then but if I were to really track it, maybe out of the eight hours that I was there, like how much of it was investing and producing an ROI on the time that I spent doing what I was doing? Did it yeah. really move my business forward or was it just kind of maintaining? Exactly. And you know, what's really weird is so when I was little, I used to do gymnastics and, um, 
our coach was kind of crazy and he had somebody without us knowing he had some, he had people stand up in like, there was like this observation room with stopwatches and they, um, timed how long we were at this practice. We were at this practice for almost four hours and he timed how long the average girl was actually doing something productive at that practice. And it was less than an hour. It was like something about like around 40 something minutes. Isn't that crazy? That is and that insane. Was, so then you're yeah. like, what the heck am I doing with my time? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we were like chalking our grips and, you know, chatting in line and, you know, stretching our shoulders, you know, nothing really productive. But that was, I mean, I think I was like 12 years old when that happened, but that was something that stuck with me. And I think I just, I've always carried it with me, but now to the point where, you can do so much more with your time if you're efficient and you can take that space to be creative, you know, and it will help make you even more efficient. Wow. So, yeah. So that's one thing I really recommend for people that are feeling the struggle with the creativity day to day. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. The other thing I recommend, which isn't as black and white and concrete is to, and this <laughs> might sound crazy, but is to, question everything. So I feel like when you're working alone, especially, or you are the boss making the decisions, it's really easy to get in a rut with your business. Um, and you can kind of get in a routine and keep doing the same things over and over just because you're on autopilot and you're just doing them because you do them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I like to take a week, you know, out of my business and Everything I do during that week, I question why I'm doing it. So like, let's say in the morning I get up to email my email list. Like, why am I doing this? Should I be doing this? Is there a better way? And I, I literally just ask myself that question about my business for the week. And just, I don't try and problem solve during that week, but I just, I keep notes. I think about it. Is this the best, is this what I really want to be doing? Is there a better way? Like, why am I doing this and why am I doing it the way that I'm doing? And then at the end of the week, I feel like I've collected data for, you know, is this the best way to be doing things or is there something I could bring in that's different? Um, and it's just asking that question, why? Why are you doing something? And I think that's one of the most powerful things when my clients hire me or hire anyone. It's just having somebody who asks you, well, why are you doing it that way? Or why are you pursuing this? Or why are you, it's such a, it's such a powerful question that we don't often take the time to ask ourselves. Um, and so I think that's a really powerful thing to bring creativity and to bring just a different way of thinking, because I don't think creativity is just, um, how we typically think of creativity, um, and, you know, creative professionals, but I think it's, about also encompasses innovation and just doing things a little bit differently. And so taking that time to ask yourself the why, why am I doing something this way or why am I approaching a problem this way can often help you find different and better or more innovative solutions. Totally. What was something for you that like you had questioned and then you're like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? And you stopped doing it. Um, well, actually I was, making these videos, they were uh, Monday morning wake up call videos that I would send out to my email list. 
And I just recently, I, I guess a few weeks ago, questioned. I was on autopilot. I had made one every single Monday for this whole entire year. And I would just, you know, get up, make it, send it out. And it sounds so simple to, like, have questioned why am I still doing this? But it, when you get in that routine and that kind of rut, I took a step back and I was like, wait, why am I doing these videos? Is this working? Do I want to be doing this? Do I want to be doing something different? Is this really how I want to be talking to my like audience and the people that like subscribe to me? And I just realized like, no, this isn't what I want to be doing. This isn't what I want to share every single week. Why have I been doing this? And then by asking that question, I came up with a new idea that I'm really excited about. Um, Yeah, I, I want to start and I am going to start interviewing existing small business owners um, in 10 minute masterclasses. So, you know, what, what has, what's the one biggest thing that they have learned from their experience as a small business owner and just start bringing in, because I was bringing in facts because I'm a very fact-based person and somebody told me facts tell, stories sell. And so I just started realizing that people want to be inspired by these stories and they, you know, like your podcast, but they want to be able to do it quickly. And I, yeah, I bring you in these 10 minute masterclasses. I'm really, really excited about getting started with. So, but that's so yeah. smart because maybe you wouldn't have come up with that had you not questioned one of the things why? that you were already doing. Yeah. Like, why am I doing this? And do I want to do it this way anymore? Like yeah. what, what's the point? Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. So one, one last question before we wrap up, um, actually two last questions. One (laughs) is what is a book that you highly recommend to anyone that you're always like, you have to read this book? Um, you know, it's actually something that I just read recently. Um, it's the originals. Have you read that? No, but you were the second person that told me that in the past Ah. month. So I'm going to take that as a sign from the universe that I need to order it. Oh my God, you have to order it. It's, it's wonderful. And you know, I watched, um, it's by Adam Grant and I watched his Ted talk first. Um, my husband actually came home and he's like, you have to see this Ted talk. He's like, I feel like you are going to like be obsessed with it. (laughs) I watched it and I've probably watched it about eight times since then. Um, no, probably more. That's a lie. I'm such a liar. <laughs> um, but I just think it's, I, he's such a genius. It's so smart. And I just, the way he can take, um, his research and relate it and relate it to your everyday decisions that you make. I just think is it's such an interesting, interesting book. I really highly recommend everybody read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will definitely put that in there. I'm, I'm excited. Okay, so now I have to order it because it's the second time that's come up. Okay, yeah. last question is what piece of advice, given that you just you went off back in December, like what's the biggest thing that you've learned about business and being in it for yourself? I have a few things that I've learned. Um, one, the one funny thing um, is that you're not going to work less. <laughs> is it I I don't know what preconceived notion I had about working for myself but I was like oh I'm totally taking every Friday off and now I'm like I work more but happily like I like working more like I don't want to work less and I didn't I didn't really anticipate that um so just know that um 
but the biggest piece of advice or something that I learned was that starting your own thing can make you feel like you're standing in front of an auditorium naked mm. and it can push. I had always considered myself a, a fairly confident person from, you know, like I had talked about, like from my the confidence to walk in and kind of ask for what I want. And so I didn't expect my confidence to be shaken when starting a business, but it's, and I don't know if you agree with this, but it's, it can be, it's very, very nerve wracking to put yourself out there. And you, I literally felt like I was standing in front of people naked for the first few months. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I'm so exposed. And I just, I just want to cover up, but you're like, no, you can't cover up because what's the point? Like, you know, everyone's seen you naked. Like, you know, right. like now there's point. no going back. We there's all, like, no going back. You have to commit. You have to embrace being naked. Pretend you're on like a nude beach in France somewhere. I don't know. But, you know, you just you have to embrace that, that that you're going to feel exposed and learn how to kind of make peace um, with that for yourself, because I don't think there's one right way to kind of get that next level of confidence to make you feel comfortable. You know, with me, it was just knowing that I was providing such important things for the right people who needed them, that that gave me the confidence to, to continue standing up there naked and to to feel exposed. But yeah, that was, that was definitely something that was a surprise to me. That's fantastic advice. And I, I totally appreciate you sharing that. So, well, Erica, thank you so much for jumping on. And I know you're ahead of schedule being in London. And so I just really appreciate your flexibility and everything with that. And I know our list, the, my listeners are going to absolutely love this interview for sure. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.